0: Welcome back to Making Sense. Uh, It's been a long time since we've done a Making Sense. Hopefully you've been hearing pocket change because I've done them. So I hope you've been taking those in. Yes, I do want some attention. Don't judge me, guys. But yeah, we're back actually doing Making Sense. Uh, John's here with me and we have a very special guest, someone you've heard before, uh, who adds a lot of value and has been a long time supporter. So we always like to hear from her. Uh, John, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Isolating,
0: quarantining, all good, mm-hmm, all good. Mm-hmm. I can see by the haircut. Don't worry, I won't show the people. I don't have a haircut, so I'm lying to the people. My hairline is. And, and that weird. is and like that is what so I'm bright. judging, John. That is what, I've never seen you like this ever. It's good. You know is yeah. when you get when you're the bold guy. John,
2: like, you should invest in some of
1: these. They're very <laughs> useful. Yeah, I should, I should. You should. Trust me. I'm getting to that point. I'm getting to that point. I don't even need a Rag, I, I need I like did a head tag. <laughs> Yeah, it's, all it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I'm just happy I so good, it's this
0: amount ahead. Mate, I don't mind being bored. I got my favor for Amazon every
1: two days. I'm good, mate. Yeah, yeah you bald guys are winning right now. We it are. It Let us
0: win. You know how long we've been losing forever.
1: Yeah, you go back to losing but The other thing,
0: whatever, whatever, John. I was going to swear at you again, but hey, I'm trying to turn over nearly. The voice you heard earlier is Bell. Uh, Bell Rivero Addy. Um, hey Bell, how you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Uh, Living your lockdown life.
0: I mean, it's hard. I mean,
2: I I've been in lockdown longer than you guys have because I got sick at the beginning.
0: Yes, I forget. So how was it? Let's start there. Like, what's the inside? <laughs> of... to
1: introduce yourself. How about let's start there?
0: <laughs> Once again, John's the voice of reason. Thank you, John. Forgive my my, my bad. No, minute.
1: I'm
2: going to lie. It it, it it was it was horrible. Mm. Now, the reason why I suppose it it. it kind of picked up for me so much is because I remember it was the uh the chancellor's statement who's presenting as the finance bill and um you know he was presenting the budget and that day there were so many people in the chamber and like people were coughing all around and we were, we were like this is mad 650 people packed into a chamber which technically fits I don't know just under 500 seated everybody's trying to listen everyone's crammed up we already know that people have had coronavirus and Towards the end of the day, there was a statement, and I got up and I said, "Look, why are we still letting people in the building at this time? The coronavirus started to spread. We were still letting people come into the building, have events at the House of Commons, as the same way you remember, making sense had your event in Parliament. Most mm-hmm. people we'll do. So imagine multiple of those. This is where yeah. coronavirus is going on. Imagine how much that's spreading things. And then the next day, the mm-hmm. MPs just started to drop like flies, one by one, catching it. I was one of them, and I was actually booked for a test in the on." it was a Friday morning, but Boris gave his first statement, you know, with the um, the public, the, the chief scientific officer, you know, when they were talking about herd immunity and whatnot, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how they were gonna stop testing and people should isolate for seven days, even though the World Health Organization said 14 days, looking at evidence from across the world. Um, and so they called me the next day and they said, we're not doing testing anymore, you need to isolate yourself. And by this time, I was showing symptoms, actually all of my staff were showing symptoms, um, two of them recover quite quickly me and my comms officer were still quite bad and I I ended up as you know in it for for a, a good couple of weeks it got to day seven um, and it, you know it starts you get chills you get fever so tired and then you um, and then when it gets into your lungs you start to feel like you can't breathe and that was the first that was the first time I actually ended up in, in A&E and I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm fortunate, isn't it? People will always check on me. My family will always check on me. who check to see how I'm doing. But there are so many people who don't have someone to check on them all the time. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, if you got to a point where you really couldn't breathe like that and you were alone and there was no one checking you constantly and you the rate at which I was falling asleep, like I couldn't even watch like a Netflix show for more than an hour. Yeah, it, it was hard. And then the, the main thing is that because things were becoming so stretched at that time, unless you required like serious medical attention you know in a way that you 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 would think was really really quite bad serious intervention Mm -hmm. they were sending you back home so I was there overnight went back in the morning they were like there's nothing we can there's nothing we can do for you at this stage you don't need a ventilator and just sit up in a certain position so that it was easier for me to breathe and they said look this is what happens when you get to kind of between day six and day eight it gets really hard and you struggle but you'll come out the other end but it still took a while for me to get there. So I had another interaction um, with, with, with the ambulance and, and you know, God's so good. I was fine, but I think about it and I look back and I think of, you know, some of the people that you heard die first, who the ambulance came and then went. And then by the time they came back, they were gone. Like it it was was so unpredictable. And obviously we heard first that it's older people that are more likely affected. It was Mm -hmm. more likely to be men initially, um, and obviously now we know that um, um, black people, black, Asian, minority, ethnic people are more likely to be affected. And when it really dawned on me is when they first put up the pictures of the doctors that died. Mm. And uh, no one was saying anything about their race, but you saw them all together.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It, was, it was three or four of them initially. And you looked at it and you thought, that doesn't look quite right. That doesn't look right. how How often do you see well, in, yeah, Jashi, in what situation do you usually see four black men on the front of a newspaper? <laughs>
0: Crime. <Crying. laughs> yeah, we've done something wrong. It's not
2: news. And, 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 these, and these, these, these men had, and you know what? Most, they had come out of their retirement to go back. Some of them have come out of their retirement to go back and support the NHS. Mm. And now we know that they were doing it without the correct protective equipment. Now, oh, the scandal around the pro- protective equipment is something else. Um, just another thing that we've privatised. And so you've got situations where we're trying to get it from abroad. The private company's trying to get it as cheaply as possible. Our stockpiles here are depleted in order to, you know, the numbers. I don't know if you saw the dispatches program. I advise Mm -hmm. everyone to watch. It's only half an hour. Mm -hmm. And it's about how we failed our NHS staff, basically, how we failed them with PPE. Now, you had people counting um, not a pair of gloves, Mm -hmm. but each glove to try and bolster the numbers in terms of, (laughs) oh, yeah, 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 that's what they're doing and they were even you know the um antiseptic wipes yes each wipe not a pack of wipes
0: each wipe, Yay. just
2: crazy crazy things like that had to make to it to seem things. like we had more it was mad. even more scandalous thing was testing now yeah. everywhere else around the world according to the world health organization we're saying test 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 that's the best way at some point we said we're not going to test and even when you do test here it's a slightly more laborious test you have to get the swab and you have to stick it down your nose or your throat extremely mm-hmm. uncomfortable there were, um, at this point, and they were, they were talking about, oh, we don't have enough of the tests. There were three British companies, British companies, as in in Britain,
3: mm-hmm.
2: producing tests. And one of them is a blood prick test, which is obviously much simpler. And you know what? They're producing it for ages. One of them's called BioPanda in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And they said, we haven't had any orders from the NHS. For ages, they never had any orders from the NHS. And these That's were being so made right here. And Just we were saying... So excited- so- how 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 does that happen?
3: Yeah, me, in Senegal,
2: prepared. they are they've got one dollar tests, one dollar test for coronavirus. That mm-hmm. test for you had, or test if you had it, and it's just a fingerprint. In 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 yeah, is it so? Yeah, Senegal, Senegal, one dollar test.
0: That is insane. You know that's my thing, right? So I've mainly been looking at this from like an economic point of view. So it was really good to kind of hear what this virus is actually like for someone to go through because I that's something I've not really thought much about. If I'm totally honest. Um, but what, the point you made second in regards to that, how unprepared we are, and I don't think it's just the UK. The US seems to be the same. Many oh. parts of Europe, Most developed nations seem to be quite unprepared. And it makes me now wonder, wonder like how, how are they unprepared for other things, like this recovery, like how inept are they going to be at t- making the right decisions at the right time? Because from a Boris standpoint, I'm not confident anything the man does at the moment. I don't know, I know you'll have a view, but I don't know about John. He's more
1: balanced in his view than me. Could you even hear me? Who, me? Yeah, you. Well, I mean, as you says, I look at it slightly differently. I, I, I've also been on the side of running a large programme and having to to crunch lots of data in this sort, sort of period of time. I actually think, I think his statement was ultimately <laughs> a little bit confusing. But mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting any more detail than he gave, to be honest. And if and if there was a low level detail about dates, etc., I would have been very, very, very skeptical because there's there's no way you can know that and give that kind of information. This is the last time we had something on this scale, none of those people were alive and were advising it. Mm-hmm. Um and I know we, we you know, we're getting lots of data and you can you can look back at what's happened, but um, you know, I think whilst it was confusing, I, I could I didn't expect any more detail. That that's that was my main takeaway and also from a very real point of view I think I and this is very anecdotal but I just feel like people get restless Mm -hmm. so um you know I'm seeing the sort of and obviously the weather helps and the bank holiday, whatever so whatever those that sage group has has come to and said well actually you know what we need to move towards this but I think there's a large cultural element to this as well where you know um People are going to stop listening at a certain point. It's very, very generalist, and I think we're seeing some other cultures which, mm. when they talk to quarantine, they quarantined right. But everyone stayed yeah. that by and large. So yeah, to answer your I think it was, I think it was confusing. I think it could have been done a lot better. I mean, some of the graphics made my eyes hurt. But yeah, and then obviously the fifty-page document followed, which I haven't read yet, actually, and I need to—I do need to read it. Um, Thanks for doing so that. So yeah, it's confusing. No, no, I'm going to read it. You know I me—I mean? like—I like, I like to—I need to—I need the underlined data, right? So you really, know, I'll, I'll read that once well, again. I'll, one of the reasons you're my friend. Says.
2: no, I think it was confusing,
1: um, but it was deliberate. It was
2: deliberately confusing because yeah. you don't get, and do you know what? I mean? Oh, this was okay. scripted. I, I saw it and I was like, no, there's no way. I thought, they, I thought he was just talking. But then I saw it written down. And I thought, when you look at it, it's very, very intentional. What does it do? It shifts the burden by being deliberately confusing. You shift the burden from the government to individuals and companies now mm. this is what happened in the beginning with the pubs and the restaurants they should have told the pubs and the restaurants and the hospitality industry to close down but remember in the beginning they didn't tell them to do that the reason why they didn't tell them to do that is the moment they told they force enforce their shutdown they could suggest it but the moment they enforce it they become in some way they, they get out for a financial bailout which they yeah, did have to wolf. do in terms of the furlough scheme and whatnot and on and you know giving business rates holidays and all of that. And that's why they took so long to do it. But when you think about it, how, how much did that increase the, the, the spread of infection? Simply mm. because they were trying to save money. And do you know what? I, I it, it, It's hard heading for the worst recession. Our economy needs to start. There are people that have fallen through the gaps. But do you know what? Dead people can't work.
0: Mm. And that's, a, that's the interesting point for me. I think that's the ultimate interesting point for me, like the balance between livelihood and lives. Like, so I've been hearing that on the news, you know, a little bit more in the last couple of days. But it's something I've been thinking about for some time. Getting that balance. I think it's a tough one, personally. I really, really, really do. And I think sometimes people don't understand or consider both parts of the argument.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately, emotionally, it's, you know, your first point is going to be lives, right? That's, mm. that's just human nature. Um, and that's... It the thing. for impacted, me when your livelihood is impacted as well. Just, you in know, the if rest. I... Right, and this is the thing. So I have the figure... And I, but I imagine, and we've heard a lot of stuff around the domestic violence. I this, so yeah, domestic uh, violence has increased, yeah, substantially since people are at home, furloughed, redundant, etc., etc. I've not seen as much talk about the mental health aspects. So, I, in my very simple head, I think there comes a point where you know I'll be asking, where, where's the number? What is the line where there's going to be a certain level of you know whether our number goes to what is accessible? And I don't know what that is. What you know, as close to zero as possible. Secondly where we have some stability in, you know, unfortunately, the number of deaths and the number of infections, um, where we can get the economy moving again until we get a vaccine and then we can take a next point of action. But in my in my head, that's logically the only way you can go. We're not getting back to the earth. Um And ultimately, as the government, you know, I think I read today the furlough scheme has cost the government £8 billion so far. Yeah, and I thought it would be a lot more. If I'm honest, uh, I thought it would be a lot you know more.
2: So many people haven't been able to get it as well. Eight billion pounds, and some people haven't even been able to get any. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a mess. And yeah, I see yeah. what you mean. We need to. We do need to kickstart the economy. But the problem is because there've been so many failings, and because there've mm. been so many, yeah, I'll just call them straight lies. I mean, at first we weren't getting the proper numbers because they weren't ca- ca- um, counting care homes. Yes. To- and there are some countries that have been successful in ending their lockdown, but they behave completely differently. They had tests, mm. they had PPE, and mm. you know, countries. There are some countries who just rolled out too fast. Germany, for example, Germany, they, their infection rates gone back up as soon as they ended lockdown because they didn't phase it properly. Yeah. What are we willing to risk to restart the economy?
1: Yeah, and that's and that's that's the question for me. What is the it is. what is the fine line? Where do you where do you stop? But I've yeah. I, I, I've always. Accuse government of governing by Excel spreadsheet right but um, you know you can't you can't quantify some of the you know the more intangibles around this Um, so I I don't know where the line is and I also think back to the question about why are we so badly prepared I've got a very simplistic answer but I just feel like of all the recent epidemics I don't know if they're being classified as pandemics because if you think about Ebola, SARS, MERS all those kind of things because those generally were hitting other parts of the world. So, you know, we were very quick to report on it. We were very quick to talk about it. Um, I don't know how many lessons were learned from it, but we didn't actually have to tangibly deal with those things. Mm-hmm. I just feel there was complacency or, you know, even when they got the information that was going to happen, was there some doubt about how it was going to impact because we just haven't had that recent exposure to things of this size, which isn't a, an excuse, but I just feel like yeah. that's what probably drove that behaviour.
0: Got you. Got you. Because I think this the point I was going to make was, OK, So say we just go down the whole route of we want to uh, prioritise saving lives and we're going to do whatever it needs to be done uh, and cause whatever damage to the economy. Because that's essentially what we're doing right now is damaging the economy. Yeah. Right? Because it's not even how long is it stopped, it's yeah. how long is it, as you say, to restart what's going to survive and be able to restart when we go on the other end. And I, my, my concern is if we damage the economy too much, people's lives long term will be very different. Because at some point, as much as this debt will be cheap at the moment to fund the fiscal stimulus or whatever policies, it has to be paid back at some time, right? Mm -hmm. And if we amount a massive amount of debt, that's going to cost us at some point. And I'm not making a judgment here. I'm just wondering how much would society be willing to have their long-term lives impacted to save lives now? And and that's the question I'm not too sure with this society.
1: And I agree. But how much of the, let's be honest, how much of, how much of that conversation is actually being had at that level?
0: Mm.
1: Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, got you. So A lot of the
1: conversations I've been having with people, and obviously the inevitable conversation stoop now is WhatsApp, right? So a lot of the conversations I'm having in various groups, et cetera, is very binary of all oh, look, you know, people are dying, this, that, this, that. But in the very next breath, my will to me about you know, paying his movies next month for or what he's gonna do for the rest of the year. And I'm like, Well, well this is it, bro, because you know, you know, you, you need the help to to help you doing that, but that can't go well, it can go on for a very long time, but somewhere, somehow, it needs to be to be paid back. And I do think that um and like like yourself, rightly or wrongly, it just needs to be very clearly laid out. So back to Bell's point earlier, let's have some transparency really clearly laid out. Mm-hmm. and you look. Know, I'm not a career politician so all of this could be dreamland talk but you know you say look if we do X it's a bit like you, if we do X for Y period of time this is the Z result over Over time option B option C option D these are the things and, mm-hmm. and this is the decision we're going to make because you're right if we you know further for a year what does that mean in five years mm. now below as a socialist they should tell us, should should tell us. <laughs> this guy
0: hey it's why, this is why I do what I do I, I am a
2: proud socialist
0: Exactly and I I,
2: I I I am a absolutely pro socialist exactly people and, and just see if people too often think that socialism is about taking money away from rich people i think more people it's need
0: not. to know what socialism is it's just is. about
2: a fairer society mm. yeah it's just about a fairer society so i think some people think socialism is anti business it's not anti business it's just saying that at the end of the day why are small businesses paying their tax but you big business Mm -hmm. are not paying your tax i mean i just think about how um and what and and everybody hates tax so i think that's that's part of the reason why they conflate socialism with something that is bad but if you're paying into society and you're getting back for example we all pay our national insurance and um that goes towards our nhs and our nhs is is free for everybody but underinvestment in the nhs has mean has meant that it's been difficult to get you know proper healthcare, and now we're looking at health inequalities for 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 black people in particular um so you have some people saying things like well better if i just took my money and took it to a private scheme but how does that help society in a situation as we can see from the coronavirus and i think the coronavirus Mm -hmm. has has kind of um obviously there's it's it's not good in any way shape or form but it's shown why um socialist policies are are, are beneficial to the whole society because in a situation like this You know, it does not respect rich or poor and everybody is going to have to work together. So we do need a complete health, a national health service. We do need national testing to make sure everybody's provided for in this time. And that's why I'm in favour of, of a universal basic income. Um, mm. It's not, um, at this moment you've got people, I mean, look at the applications for yeah. universal credit just yeah. skyrocketed yeah. and they couldn't even manage the system. Like people in, in a country like this, which is the sixth largest economy in the world, we shouldn't be in a situation where people are suffering so much. And obviously people are also concerned because you see things such as, as soon as this happened, to help prevent the spread, homeless people were taken off the streets and put into hotels. And you ask yourself, okay, if you could do that now, why would you not do that before If you could provide money for businesses that were facing financial issues, why could you not do that before? If you could top up somebody's income to put them at a decent level, why could you not do that before? And it's just exposed what public spending could be. Obviously, these are extraordinary times, and we are spending money in a way that we wouldn't. But again, nobody will understand. What are we going to do when this is over?
1: Yeah, from what I understand of that scheme, they're sort of seeing it as a. As a, almost a kickstart to, so as you say, so we, let's start leveraging our resources properly. You know, why did it take coronavirus for that to kick in? And I think I'm going to digress a little bit here, but I do think to your point about a fresh society, I think the problem is, and this came out in the run up to the general election is almost, well, you know, there's a very individual element to this, right? So when there was a lot of talk about, oh, what, you know, what the higher, higher taxpayer band is now going to start at 80k, blah, blah, blah. A lot of the conversation was about an individual level. So I'm going to have to pay more of this because of that. And the, the conversation is very much, and that's why I think from a political point of view, shifting from effectively kind of where we are now to that and people to vote for that is is going to take a, a big, a big change in thinking. People need to think more about society rather than, and of course you've got to think about your own individual self because no one else is paying very But <laughs> to, the, to the point, Bell made, you know, more of a, and I'll be honest, I'm I'm kind of not stuck in between the two, but uh, you know, Joe, you know my views um, on various political parties, conservatives, blah blah blah. But I'm kind of I'm I'm stuck in the middle. I think I think I think um, there is there is a healthy balance of of the two, but where we have it now isn't sustainable. But if you're you know if you're fortunate enough to get to a certain point in your life, your career, your earnings, you're cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not, that ladder gets longer and longer every day um and, that, and, and that's the issue yeah that's the issue um wh- what i wanted to ask you though actually is so i think I, I said it before we started recording this so you know if you look from boris's statement today then this morning we have the announcement that the, the furlough scheme is going to be extended by an additional three months and was mm-hmm. originally said um which i think in some in some ways it, it's good so if you're furloughed now it gives you some additional um security for a few more months so in total for six months that's true if, if you
2: if you live in london i'm not sure what that's going to do for your rent. but yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's, it's something well, well this is it mm. this I is it and, and also that well and it goes back to the point you made about the now you're leaving it in business hands because i think now they're going to ask uh businesses to contribute as well to the cost of the furlough But is that extension uh, uh, an indication of how long or what they really think the route back to recovery is? Because for me, it's not contradictory, but we're going to try and start opening businesses June, schools and some businesses June, so more businesses in July. Why do you need to now extend that furlough to October, November? That's where, for me, I was like, "Hmm, is this a much truer
2: Mm.
1: indication of where you think things are going to go?
2: Do you know, I think it was more a win for the unions. The unions really pushed for it, the trade unions. Do you a trade union? Ah, okay. I'm I'm not sure what, what what the trade unions are for you guys, Phil. <laughs> I'm sure I don't, you're
1: I don't right. think there is one for me to do. I don't do think so either. It's never mentioned. I don't, I don't think there's a consultancy trade union, but we'll see. I'll, I'll look for it. Yeah.
2: The trade unions have pushed. I was talking about it today. Some people... Look at it like paying insurance. <laughs> it's important. No, yeah. no, it is, it, it is important. It's one of it's one of those one of the things. And for a lot of people who uh, you know w- w- would be destitute without the furlough, mm. it certainly helped them. What I think, and, and the reason why the unions pushed for it, is because you have to just be real. It's not even a reflection of what's going to happen. People could lockdown could end in two weeks' time. Let's let's say just hypothetically, mm, mm, lockdown mm. ends two weeks' time everybody goes back to work and starts working. The reality here is some people well, were in May, that is two and a half months without any revenue. You've taken out a loan. Your mm. business may have already yeah. been struggling for a number of reasons. The fact remains yeah. that big business, small business, um, self-employed, all of those people, they are all going to, some people's companies are going to fold.
3: Yeah. Quite frankly, people's yeah. companies. fold getting that, for sure.
2: Yeah. Not every, yeah. Companies fold, um, People are going to lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. So it, it is essentially buying time whilst we watch yeah. the economy crumble around us. And that sounds terrible, but it's, it, it's, it's genuinely meant to give, um, get, make sure people but give workers the money that they need, because the next step yeah. for them would be to be on universal credit. And that mm-hmm. is just yeah. another payment from the government. So um, yeah. maybe it's working out a bit more expensive at the moment, but it's more it's more practical now because... If people, if businesses can't recover, if uh, yeah, big business or small business, if you're a self-employed person, I mean, you, I've got people who are from the events industries, musicians,
3: yeah,
2: act, actors, even certain things have been cancelled. Yeah. This is your bread and butter, and yes, it's never guaranteed, but you've made money off it. Your however many years, now, yeah, you're you're not you're not getting anything at the moment, and up until next yeah. year, a full next year, you don't know when that business is going to come. Things are cancelled. Afro-Nation's cancelled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Man, I'm just thinking about how my game getting, getting to Jamaica? Carnival's cancelled.
2: Carnival's cancelled. They want football matches to go back there. I can see that. I can see that one.
0: <laughs> so
3: football can go back, back can to
2: see the that one. Yeah. But Boris mentioned, oh, you can go outside and play sports with somebody else. Soon mm-hmm. you can go outside and play sports with your whole football team. And then...
1: Football's back. The funny crazy. thing is, people have been doing that anyway. Not really? Yeah, yeah.
3: Lockdown, so, is you're right. Yeah. Complete.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I think the other thing as well is I th- I'm just thinking it through. So you, you think about the chain of, of events, right? So the FCA came out and said, look, you know, you need to give people financial institutions, lenders, you know, credit institutions. You need to give people the window, make sure it doesn't affect their credit reports, etc., etc." Once again, mm-hmm. they- Running through this, how long do you do that for? So, I'm now going to make sure that that correlates with the furlough scheme. So, now lenders, you must give their people six months window, as in, however long we are supporting the economy, you must do the same too. And then, okay, fine, that's fine. But what does that now do to those businesses? And yeah, of course. It's just, it just, don't worry
2: about the lenders. I mean, if you're talking about the banks, the government has effectively. Bailed out the banks. They've provided the oh, no. collateral for people to bury against. Is that those businesses are going to be in debt for a long time? Yeah, you not know even the banks. I'm thinking about other lending. people,
1: like, other like, people like like automotive company, like you know auto lenders, mm-hmm. um those kind of guys who aren't who aren't banks. So yeah, I know banks will will be fine. And, you know, but um but it's just, it's that other economy. You know, people that did personal cash loans. Yeah, some of the smaller guys, asset finance, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's all great for the consumer that protection, but you know, what is that going to do for that? So it's just interesting to think about how all of that's going to just trickle, trickle down, and and uh, and how long the government can ask these guys to do that, and FCA can ask these guys to do that. Yeah. Two or three months, we get it, guys. There might be a point where they're telling us, "FCA, I'm sorry, but you can't have it both ways." either I give these people windows. I don't have a business, or what do you want to do? Hands in your pockets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give us some. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So. So yeah, but it's, it's, gonna it's a whole myriad of things. They can get the business loans. They can do all that kind of yeah. stuff.
0: Okay, so, so everything that we've discussed and I've read and, and heard, right? I just feel like things are going to fundamentally change in the future, like business, 100%. the way people operate. I just and f- the further we get into this, the more I think that I really do. I know there's the argument with people having fish brain or f- or is it goldfish brain uh, memories kind of thing, but I yeah, definitely there's going to be a change. No, maybe not drastic, but I think certain things will change. I think people will observe social distance a bit more. Um, I I just don't understand how some people won't become a bit more frugal with what they're going through, especially if they struggle financially. Like, this is the most struggle anyone will have faced for a long, some time. But like, yeah. I just, I'd be very surprised if people go back and forget the financial pain they would have gone through in this
1: period. yo, yo, mad. Why would you be surprised? Dude. We had, we had. So even if you take it at an individual level, yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
1: even after the 2008 financial crisis, at a macro level, the numbers might not be as bad, right? So it was, I think GDP contraction there was three or four percent. Mm-hmm. People out worked for two years, three years. At an individual level, the impact is probably, uh, it's probably affected more people this time. But it was just as profound. At least people weren't dying. That's the wonderful thing. But from a financial mm-hmm. point of view, people were <laughs> losing homes, getting jobs was crazy, and we didn't even have gig economy then. Time there was no gig economy, did it? There was, there was none of that. And when it came out and things started booming again, everybody went back to, you know, personal credit in this country mm. is at record levels. I honestly feel like some things will change. Um, you know, businesses might adopt more working from home, etc. But mm. I remember I said, I'm telling you, we're going to get to 2024, 2025, you know, a separate period of time. And you're going to be like, what is going on? I will not be surprised. It's like no. people's memories aren't, aren't, aren't that long. Uh, and we're all creatures of habit so and, yeah. and I feel it's going to be a bit of a rebound after this people are going to want to go out and enjoy they're going to want to go do a holiday blah 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 and I'm like I and get I, this and I'm seeing people say oh, when, I, when this is over, I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and I'm like with have money yeah and that's
0: my argument as well because in China they're seeing that things aren't rebounding straight away people aren't going to restaurants people aren't uh, spending on consumer products as much um, I think the difference between now and 2008 in my mind really is I don't think many people understood the 2008 financial crisis or what caused it I think everybody will understand this. If infections go up, nobody can do business or no one can do physical business. You can only do online business. You know what I mean? So if I'm Mm, a musician mm. right now, I understand Mm. that. If a pandemic, whether it be Corona or another one, another one happens, Mm. I can't do no tours. This is just me. And I understand I'm a prudent accountant, right? But if I was advising said artist, Mm. I'd be saying, look, going (laughs) forward, a little bit more needs to go in and save it. Because if we don't get that, you know, cons, uh, the festival run is could be from rest. you know? So I don't know. That's, that's
1: just the point. <laughs> no, bro, I fully and what you're saying is and what you're saying is entirely logical. And I'm with mm-hmm. you. But you know how I speak <laughs> about human behavior. Like, it's just it's not entirely logical. Yeah, that's the bit and, I don't understand human behavior. You know, once everyone feels like once everyone feels like they're kind of okay again, um, then we'll go there. But I don't know, maybe it takes a bit like when the whole what, one of the good things that came out of the financial crisis was you know, the mandatory pensions thing et cetera, et cetera. Mm. maybe there needs to be some kind of mandatory additional savings I don't know that gets triggered in an event like this so there's less of the state help yeah. and it's more of, but I don't it's know. never
2: another it's never another mandatory thing for you it's a mandatory thing for institutions
1: yeah.
2: how do you think we ended up with council tax mm. and obviously we need council tax now to, to yeah. fund the council but yeah. it, it, it was an after effect of, of, of things that happened before so you're right something may come but it's going to be something again, another thing that we have to pay into, mm.
3: and, yeah. it, and we,
1: we may benefit we from out.
2: services, but not necessarily directly and individually.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah, there might have to be some mandatory, you know, as you, you unless you opt out, we'll automatically put you four percent your pension, yeah, yeah. and it's automatically three or four percent or five percent that goes into uh, savings. Rate. I don't know, and it sounds crazy, but genuinely, it's going to be something like that because I just think. You know, this is is, a lot of it. Is we've talked about financial literacy, we've talked about, you know, you have to have a certain financial culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily know if people as a whole, um, it'll be interesting to see the savings numbers Mm. five plus years after we're quote unquote back to normal, quote unquote. But those numbers are easy to get, right? We could, and we'll look at it because i don't think you i don't think it will be interesting i know it's people saving more now
0: obvious reasons um we'll be interested to see long term what that looks like
2: you think Mm. they're saving now you see because it people like well you're spending less money because you're not buying a travel card
0: Mm. if you're
2: Mm. in london it's expensive um you're not buying lunch at work you're not going out on the night
0: yeah um, so saying that we're making
2: tiny little debt. savings here and now. Then people are staying at home and they're ordering mm. more stuff. Yeah,
0: this is true. <laughs>
2: yeah. Than they would do <laughs> to amuse themselves. <laughs> so yeah, shame there, of
0: yourself, John.
2: Before we got cut off, I was talking about the change in demographic. You know, unfortunately a lot a lot more older people are gonna die. If yeah. lockdown ends and more people are exposed and, you know, as we've seen in care homes, older people are dying more generally, older people are more at risk. Um and obviously there are millions of people in this country but depending on how bad I suppose the view is that it could significantly change the demographics of our country at, at the moment we have uh, an older population yeah, yeah. Um, and um, that older population obviously is not is, is not working they have worked before, they've paid into the system they're now, a lot of them are more likely to use NHS and social care and, yeah. and, and what not, so is that going to change things, uh, it, yeah. it's a horrible thing to say it's, it, it's, it's a horrible truth um, yeah, yeah how is that going to change things in the economy if, if we if we've generally got a younger population because sadly people have been lost to to this herd immunity yeah, strategy
0: yeah. and i saw that headline somewhere that this is going to be like one of the biggest wealth transfers in modern times uh, because of that and i think remember the yeah. conversation we had um a few weeks ago jonah we couldn't record but yeah. Like I said, if Brexit was happening now, we'd still be in Europe, you know? So how yeah. different I mean,
3: is this country going to be possibly, in terms yeah. of
0: what we yeah. want, how it
1: looks, the yeah. thing
0: for, political will, all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? It's just going to be
1: very yeah. interesting. Very, very, very interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see what the government does now. So, you know, I saw something that they've started the trade talks with the US, etc. Because I was saying to someone, oh, maybe this could, you know, maybe they'll for an extension in the Brexit deadline at the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. And literally... The day after I said that, uh, we begin to talk to the the US on trade talks. I'm like, you're doing that now? Now? Mm -hmm. Mm I was like, yo, all right. They are rolling
2: towards no deal. They're just like rolling, rolling, rolling. So far, the first rounds of talks with the EU have gone badly. Because we're coming at them with an attitude, we want X, Y, Z. And they're like, no, that's not the way it works. What do we get? I mean, it's hard all of our trade Mm. negotiations were done for us by the own. we didn't do do our own major trade deals, so going in kind of with with less expertise, um, I mean Trump wants to get whatever he wants to get, Um, other countries, like I don't know if you remember when Theresa May went to India, Mm. um, and they were like yeah fine we'll trade with you, but you need to be a bit better on immigration, she's like no, they're like okay bye. India go. have now surpassed us to be the fifth largest economy in the world.
0: I think a lot of people in this country are going to realise, you know, the great in Britain isn't as great as it used to be, especially in comparison well, Fred, to other nations now.
1: Well, Fred, look at the strawberry picking thing the other day. Now, once again, I haven't verified this fact. Well, I saw something that said, oh, six, you know, six figures of people registered to do this, the strawberry picking thing or whatever it was. And then our 120 people turned up or something crazy like that, mm-hmm. right? And I always tell this story when I had, um, you know, when Brexit was going on and everyone was talking about the jobs and, you know, all of that, all of that rhetoric was being big man in back. And a lady called into, I think it was LBC, and I don't know why I listened to LBC. Because I don't know the day, <laughs> LBC no These people look down on the job. They don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. Whereas, you know, people from the continent, they'll come, they'll work hard, um, send their money back and they'll go back home. So mm-hmm. everyone wants to yap, yeah, yap, yeah, yeah. But if I put out 10 jobs today to come and pick through, no one's going to do it. No one's going to do
2: it. You do know that during this period they've flown people in from Eastern Europe yep, to I've heard, pick I've
3: heard, fruit. I've heard,
0: I've heard about it.
2: Yeah. Not just that, they've deported people back to Eastern Europe too. That's a whole other story.
0: The way they use immigrants uh, is great. horrible in this country. It, not
1: even just, I mean, in, it's
2: in a time like, who's got time for that? Who's got time for deportations?
1: Mm. So that's what I'm saying. Something should be put on hold. Oh, don't get me wrong, if it's a criminal deportation but even then it's just kind of like come on, man. and don't even get me to Windrush. So... Mm.
2: Just, yeah, somebody else died today, without a penny of compensation. He was fully entitled uh. to it, he had been waiting, he had applied, he died, and I, I can't see how many have died now without getting a penny. And you know, we had a, a, a woman just in a constituency next to mine, and in the interim, they're meant to be making hardship payments, and um, whilst they're assessing these claims. And they stopped on a hardship payment as soon as they started making some of the claims. It made things difficult, but you're still meant to be entitled to in the interim.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like one, one thing, and She was like, she's an older woman, proper fallen on hard times because of what's happened. She said, "Can I have an interim payment because I think it was getting cold towards that time, so I can get warm clothes." The Home Office emailed her back and said, "Could you define what you mean by warm clothes?" Ah. Uh, <laughs> I, I,
3: I, 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 you
1: see, you see, you see things like that, yeah. For me, that's about the individual. Like, I, 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 don't even, I don't even look to institutions for that. It's like you as an individual, you wrote that and sent it. Seriously, yeah. I don't care where I work. Do you think someone could be like this? I'll be like, well, would you? I know what she means by warm clothes. She means a hoodie or a cardigan. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. You can't, someone can't go, have gone home that night and thought that was okay to do. It's yeah. ridiculous. Well, That's just ridiculous. People, with
2: people being given incentives in the Home Office for sending more people away.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. People giving, and you know what the worst thing about it is, is they made so many mistakes that the Home Office had to, has had to pay out a lot of compensation. And this is not Windrush compensation. I'm talking about compensation for wrongful decisions. And every mm. time the government has to pay out you know compensation obviously they may do it through some sort of insurance scheme but that's not that's not the point that is more money lost from just doing things properly Mm
1: -hmm.
2: immigration detention nearly 70% of people that go into immigration detention are eventually released back out and uh, stay here and live and work here 70 nearly 70% of people so you have to ask yourself why yeah it's money because all of those immigration detention centres are run by private companies. And for every day you put one person in there, you are, you are I, think, I think it was £84, something like that, for every day. And any, extra, any, any extras. So mm-hmm. you're, these are very lucrative contracts that people are entering to. And do you know what? I mean, immigration detention for me, prison is prison. But, you know, I'm, 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 I'm big civil liberties all the way. If you're going to deprive somebody of their freedom, you need to have a very, very good reason a Mm. very very good reason and obviously that people go to jail for certain reasons and that's something that we accept in society but locking somebody up because of where they were born when do we accept that Mm. when is that okay locking locking them up and then only to let them go
1: Mm. and not give them help with whatever damage you've caused when you kept them locked up
2: Because people that end up getting compensation are the ones that fight. But how many people that do that fight? They're just like, yeah. they've let me stay. Let me put my head down and carry on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They let me stay. Let me just, yeah, you're right. Jesus. Jesus.
1: Oh, All yeah. right, COVID, COVID. It is.
0: Okay, so how bad do you guys think this downturn, recession is going to be? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm thinking like into next year, we're still going to be feeling the pain somewhat. I think this year is a complete write-off.
1: I think it depends who you are. Yeah, I think it depends yeah. who you are. I think okay. I think for the travel industry this is a long road. They're very long uh, road for them, I right? think for, for business and is a long road. Yeah. The second order the VA staff. Of
2: the, uh, Richard Branson is asking for a government bailout. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Imagine. Yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, that's an interesting one. I, feel, I think we I I need to have a convo on that.
3: Mm-mm.
1: Not now. I don't think it's for this one, but I think we need to have when we talk about those kind of individuals and the and the me- media and how they're talked about and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be very interesting convo. Okay. Co- will, combo. And
2: you might want to raise. Your, I'm not against companies being bailed out that you know provide jobs and whatnot, but if mm-hmm. you're going to bail out by public money. You'd be paying into the public if you're not paying tax, and instead you've got your offshore, your your offshore, and your 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 money is being hid somewhere. And if you're taking public money and then use it as evidence to your shareholders, uh, uh-uh, you shouldn't be getting any public money.
1: Yeah, that's what we're talking about. I think that got bailed out after 2008, doing, doing share buybacks. Yeah, Man.
3: yeah,
1: that's insane. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's gonna be long. I think for travel if I think about, um, you know, people going on big holidays, I think they're going to miss the big season, so that's going to be next year anyway. And then you can if you think a social point of view it would have been next year anyway. A lot of business travel is not going to resume mm. um, at, at any kind of level as it was in, in December, January. So I think we've travelled a long way. Instead, I think, will
2: I make it to Ghana this Christmas? Um, Who knows? Would the tickets be £3,000 this time? Will it. I have to come and to John to borrow his kidney?
1: I already got got that. I already got rights to that, mate. I'm telling you, it's going to be mad. It's going to be like, you know, and I just think, um, I think hospitality within the UK, Mm -hmm. they might recover a bit sooner. But so when they reopen hotels, and you might even see a bit of an uptick for people like, you know, the center parks of these worlds and those kind of people, because people can't fly, right? right. Uh, Mm, That's true. And there'll be a certain rationale of I social distance. I think it's a a, in Butlin. But. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, I'll stay two meters away from everybody and whatever, whatever. But we can still get away from the house. We can go stay here. Yeah, yeah. so I think in market, local and um, hospitality and tourism might see a slight uptick. I think, I think, and I think we're going to see crazy prices there. And, like supply and demand is going to go mad uh, mm. in that. And then restaurants, etc. Until people can go back and sit in a restaurant, that industry is going to be a problem. <laughs> like. um you know, I was hearing the other day when restaurant owner was like, me opening partially is no good for anyone. I can either have, have need to open fully and have all my covers that allow me to cover costs and make profit, or I just, I just need to stay closed. Having half the table does not help anybody.
0: Yeah, it does. probably cost you more. Exactly. exactly.
2: The hospitality industry have this campaign. Let me see if I can find it for you. They have a campaign and they said it's going to save 2 million jobs. I'm trying to remember what it's called. But basically, they've got a plan of what the government can do to save okay. all of the
3: mm.
2: um, um, hospitality industry jobs.
0: Cool. It's that essentially thing. a
2: bailout.
0: See, I'm just thinking to, like, like Jamaica, for instance. So much of the economy is made up of travel. And speaking to my mum, I know they're
2: making... Yeah, yeah. tourism.
0: Yeah, they're taking some precautions or making some plans in regards to how they social distance. So, for instance, you have to come there with masks or you have to purchase one when you get there they're going to implement social distancing in yeah. the airport, in the hotels but i just
2: but they they're doing it better i i know there was a guy on i think it was lbc again i was listening mm. to it on the way back and from <laughs> and the guy was like oh you know i was in he's like i went to i went to accru not so easy like and i was shocked he's like i went to Accra i got off the plane they took my temperature anybody whose temperature was a bit high they took them to the side and they were giving them tests and whatnot. He said, a few days later, I came back to the UK and I just walked through Gatwick.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm he said, they mentality. were
2: all there in their... Prote- and you know what? The New Yorker Airport is nice. Very okay. nice airport. Very. But, you know, take, to Ghana is still in the global south. And they were taking far more precautions than, than we were here.
1: And that's what I'm saying earlier, because... Well, and also, they, they, they regularly battle... Seriously, fatal yeah. infectious diseases, right? So when I went there in December, it was about yellow fever, which is the thing i you know, my mom said I've got a yellow fever certificate for when I was three or four. So it's a constant thing; they're always going to know about yeah. malaria, etc. Can you find get, it? As a society, <laughs> no, I had to, <laughs> to get a new one. I to, I to yeah, get a new one. I had to get top the vaccine again <laughs> and, get, and get a new one. So, so you know, they have a culture of just living and dealing with these infectious diseases obviously known so there's tabulate there's medication etc but here there is I, I just feel there's no concept of that yeah we're very vigorous around advances etc but no one here lives with that mindset of you know i might catch malaria tomorrow if i don't take certain precautions, or i might catch yeah. that's new for for this country and that showed all the way up with the with the with what they took you know before i got back on my plane i went to where did i go i went to Nigeria. in ghana before i got back on the plane in ghana Temperature test again. No, Not COVID or anything, just general. Like how high is the temperature? It's too high. I don't know what's wrong with you, but you don't get on this scale. Yeah. Mm. That's it. It's just a certain mentality. And it took three seconds. It wasn't that hard to implement. It wasn't... That's just what it was. So, you know, and, and those are the kind of things where they're small things, but I think they could add up to speeding up the economy. You put those things in place, businesses, people are confident, businesses are confident, mm. and it aggregates up to, you know, possibly a slightly speedier recovery. But nothing is showing me that we're willing to take this kind of steps. It's all, it's all very, um, very light touch. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just, you know what I mean? And, I, I, I worry that the necessary
0: approach. level of planning and thinking isn't going into the, reco- that, the recovery plan. So like how we're planning to phase the people back into the economy. I just like what you just described. I doubt that level of thinking is happening. If it just feels like they're kicking and punting.
1: Yeah, well, to so, uh, well, <laughs> well, what I will say is, and, and I think one thing I will say is whoever the government was and whoever it was, no, you've really heard my complaints over the years, I'm no conservative. Mm. But something of this scale, at this speed, um, with the amount of unknown variables is an absolute madness, right? Mm. You know, and I had a bit of a discussion My finish, and then you, and you was like, oh, you know, we, we, we've got some of the most intelligent people on this. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, as human beings, you, you, you do with experience and you kind of deal with the data you've had. You know, what so mm-hmm. I'm saying. So when something unprecedented is happening, it is hard. And, and I do think there's a small element of it's always easier to shout from the sidelines. Yeah,
3: it's 100%. always yeah, easier yeah, yeah.
1: to shout from the sidelines. But when you're in that room, mm-hmm. when the one questioning the data, when anyone has to do the plan, and you know the importance of this, I think you've got to cut people some slack. Uh, and oh, yeah, I do yeah. know the level of thinking that goes into that is is at that level. I do know that. Okay. Do you think I, so? I, do I just, I don't know. Yes. Okay, so even
0: if they're doing it, the ability to execute is where maybe my question really lies.
1: So maybe, yeah, cool. they are I mean, doing
0: analysis, maybe they are taking the necessary steps, whether or not they make the right yeah. decision at the end. And I think the point I really want to make is I think party politics plays too much of a part in that at the moment. I think that's where maybe some bad decisions come from, party politics.
1: I think it's less party politics and more ideology. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Is mm. ideology not
2: party politics? Does your ideology not put you into a into a political party?
1: Yeah, but what I mean is, I think when he said party politics, I think in terms of making decisions to only or largely to kind of be a, get one over your position, etc. Mm-hmm. I think where the decisions start from. Unfortunately, even in situations like this
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, start with with ideology and of course your aim is to, you know, and it shouldn't and it shouldn't really be. And and that's that's the thing that frustrates me the most about a mm-hmm. lot about all of this stuff. The mm-hmm.
2: whole Brexit referendum was about party uh,
1: politics.
2: It was about party politics.
3: Yeah, yeah 100%, Cameron
2: thought, ah, oh, these people are just making noise. Let me give them the referendum and they'll leave me alone. Man, he yes. didn't think that people might vote. Yeah, that
0: was all about fun. Yeah, this country has been taking a big mean, ball forever, made. made.
2: But you know what? He's fine. Of course he's, he's well, fine.
1: He's yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. That is a mad thing about politics, I, I think. To a certain extent, you know, the trade-off just uh, isn't there, right? And I think in private sector, yes, can, there's less of you doing something that has that kind of effect and profile or whatever. But I do feel like if you make a, a, you know, a real catastrophic mistake like that in private, in private sector, unless you're certain people and you're in the club, it could have a long-term profound impact on you. Whereas, you know, in the, at high-level government, you could do certain things and just disappear and go back to business. Yeah. Yeah, you just bounce, yeah. Yeah, all right, later. You man, I'm gone.
0: These times you've impacted millions of lives.
1: And it's... And two weeks later, yeah, John is now non-executive board member of Rare Rare, and is doing blah blah blah.
2: Being paid mm-hmm. thousands of pounds to just give a speech—that's
0: that's the job that I need.
1: Actually, no, I don't like public speaking. Cool. All right. But um, but yeah, okay. So it's so yeah, no, Bell. Thanks very much for your views. It's really really good to mm-hmm. to to get your view, especially as you know someone who's who's actively helping to do this. Exactly. Uh, I help your constituents, so you know, thank you very much.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Thank you for having
2: me on. the no, no, no problem. Oh,
1: thank you for joining. No, it's good. Good event. No, it's good. I, I know it would
0: always be a good conversation. Like you know. Cool. Yeah.
1: No. Agreed. And I think you know, as always, guys. Any more questions, points, mm-hmm. anything you 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 have not covered or any questions you want us to to put to Bell, please let us know. Yeah. Um Twitter, Instagram at Making Sense PC. Um, and yeah. We're going to try do a few more of these to. Um, you know, keep keep up with the pace. There's there's data and news and comment and uh uh I feel say rhetoric but let me let me not be negative. Coming out every day. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah please let us know uh, what you think and, and how it went.
0: Well um thank you guys I hope you've enjoyed this. I know I did. Well once again thank you you know for everything for your support and for obviously sharing your views today. Um yeah you want to sign out say say anything to the guys before you go?
2: Stay home. They okay, say. So. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm not sure what staying alert means <laughs>
3: like,
2: Where's 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 the corona? <laughs>